Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. If you change jobs, don't forget about your 401k plan, and we're going to cover that in our next segment. But right now, economists see a growing risk of recession as the strong U.S. economy whips up inflation. And here to talk about it is Mark Holbert, the investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com out of Washington. So your take on these numbers and why are we increasingly concerned that the economy could see a recession as a result of all this? It's a fascinating question that uh, I think perhaps the best answer is that the narrative change. uh, In fact, this is where Nobel laureate Robert Schiller from Yale has focused his research in recent years is that uh, it's almost collectively will change our tune, change our narrative. And instead of talking about an economic boom, all of a sudden we'll start talking about the worry of a recession. And sometimes it's hard for the economist to even point out what made that change. Is this somehow we, uh, we decide to change our focus? In fact, the economy is still pretty strong. It reminds me of a, uh, of a, of a famous line from uh, another Nobel laureate 50 years ago, Robert Samuelson, who said, Paul Samuelson, who said that the stock market predicts four, uh, predicts seven of the last four recessions. And so I think in the end, we probably overpredict these kind of things. It causes people to worry, but that doesn't necessarily mean the economy is about to go over the cliff. So what's the best approach here? How is the best way for people to protect themselves against this potential scenario or whatever might happen? Because as you mentioned, sometimes we overreact. How do we not overreact? Well, I think it really depends on whether we're a short or an intermediate or longer term investor. For those who are focusing on building up wealth for the retirement, I'd say we don't really, we shouldn't really do anything and uh, we should just stay to the course. It turns out that Basically, what an economist would say is that the stock market provides a return in compensation for the risk we take of this very uncertainty that you mentioned. And there's lots of uncertainty. This is just one of them. We have war in the Ukraine. We have inflation. We have a price of oil that's going through the roof and so forth. So there are a lot of things to worry about. And in order to compensate us for losing sleep at night, the stock market has to provide us with a uh, with a with a good rate of return. And that's what we're really betting on when we bet on it for our retirement. So I'd say for the longer term, basically just stay the course. For the intermediate or shorter term, you can try to predict which way the economy is going. But by my basic comment about that is good luck. It turns out that almost all people who try to predict the uh, whether the economy is going to go into recession or whether the stock market is going to go up or down don't do any better than they could with a, by flipping a coin. So you can try, but your odds of success are very low. Mark, you and I would not be here right now if we could do that. We'd be somewhere because we'd have a lot more money. Let me ask you this. What are some of the things that, with all of the focus on the war in Ukraine, inflation, the job market, is there anything that people aren't paying enough attention to right now in terms of investing and what to look out for? Well, that's a very good question. And it turns out it goes to that famous line where, you know, there, there are known unknowns and then there are the unknown unknowns. And it's the latter that really will come out of uh, left field that will cause our uh, our portfolio to suffer. And so there are a lot of things that we know about that are sources of concern. You mentioned a couple of them. There are always going to be some of them. There's a trick that our minds play, by the way. When we rewrite the past, we make it look as though how the uh, the uh, society and events and history, you know, how it came out of a particular crisis, we make it look as though it's uh, preordained and it was obvious. But, of course, it was never obvious at the time. 
And we'll, of course, do the same thing five years from now, five years from now when we look back at uh, what's going on right now. But I think you're, you're absolutely right. The question to ask is, uh, what are the unknown unknowns that uh, could sabotage us? And by definition, they're unknown. And so uh, that's perhaps yet another reason why we can't really try to be reactive every time the market blips to get in or out of the market. We just need to stay the course and focus on the longer term. What is known, and it's always great to have Mark Holbert, the investment columnist from the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, join us here on the Noon Business Hour. Thanks, as always, Mark. Coming up, how to handle your retirement savings when you switch jobs. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. When you change jobs, it's easy to forget about your former employer, but experts say make sure you don't. Forget about your 401k. Ed Jertson, the certified financial planner and founder of Engage Wealth Group here in Chicago, also a past president of the Financial Planning Association. And his website, by the way, which you'll want to check out, especially if you're interested in this topic, is engagewealthgroup.com. So, Ed, why is it that so many of us just kind of forget our 401ks when we move on? Hey, Jim, great to be with you today. I I think it's just natural because the thing that people are most focused on is not, oh, my gosh, what is my retirement savings account, but looking at getting a a good new footing in their new job, if you would. And so oftentimes those accounts are forgotten about. And when we do financial planning with clients, what we find is they leave behind them these financial breadcrumbs, if you would, from previous jobs. And we really try to encourage them to kind of consolidate those and, and to your point, not leave so many of these accounts behind because it's not always easy to get those moved after you leave your job. Now, why is it so important to consolidate them? Some people might say, well, if I've got a little money here and a little money there, maybe that's better. Maybe that's more secure. Why is it so important to make sure you have all of those, at least you know where they are, and maybe even consolidating them into perhaps one account rather than five or six or however you, many you might have. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And so what happens is that when you're dealing with a retirement plan through a company, those assets, those, those accounts need to be pushed out, meaning that typically you're signing a form for somebody to either send a check or to remit it somewhere. It's difficult to pull that money out. So if you've got accounts at previous firms, and let's say one of those firms was a smaller company and by chance it went out of business, that's going to create additional burdens for you to get that money. And so as you move from job to job, we highly encourage clients to roll those monies from their previous employer to their new employer. The vast, vast majority of retirement plans, company retirement plans, allow for that rollover. And to your point, that keeps things simple. It allows you to then focus in on one bucket of money rather than six buckets of money when you're trying to figure out an investment plan. And again, it just creates so much more simplicity and efficiency in your financial life. Is there any advantage or not so much to maybe having your plan at your current employer and then money from other plans, perhaps in a separate past jobs account that is separate from that to at least maybe have two different locations in case anything goes wrong with one of them? Yeah. So diversification is not the number of counts you have, right? So you have to remember the assets of the 401k are your assets. If your company goes bankrupt, you don't lose those assets. So there's really no reason, unless by chance you had a single company stock, or there are very, very few reasons why people should leave their money in a previous plan. 
Because again, remember that if you take that 401k and there are some people in our industry who would encourage you to take that balance and roll it to an IRA rollover, there are certain elements of protection and otherwise that you may lose. So we always try to encourage clients, as long as you continue working, keep that within a company plan. Because again, leaving assets in different plans is not diversifying. It's just complicating your financial life. Ed Jertsen is a certified financial planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago, past national president of the Financial Planning Association. And you'll want to check out his website, engagewealthgroup.com. There's a lot more to learn about this, and you can find information there that can help you be a smarter investor and plan your retirement funds better. Up next, a -a one-of-a-kind show. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The one-of-a-kind spring show and sale will be returning to the Mart later this month. And joining us to talk about it and give us a sneak peek is Kathleen Hogan, the director of the one-of-a-kind show hosted at the Mart. Kathleen, what makes it one-of-a-kind? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, it's one of a kind, Jim, because it's, it features about 300 talented artists um, from around the, the U.S. This year, we're actually going to be including some artists from Canada, Israel, and Mexico, bringing their incredible handmade items to, uh, to the show, as well as their stories of inf- inspiration. We'll also have about 25 up-and-coming artists who have never been seen at the one of a kind show in our very popular uh, emerging artists section. So it's really an opportunity not only to get some really great stuff, but to learn a little bit about our world and and really immerse yourself into some some culture. And and it's just, it sounds like it really is one of a kind and very unique in the experience you can get. It is. It is. It's a great opportunity, like you said, to to get ahead of your Mother's Day, Father's Day graduation gift um, shopping from thousands of, of handmade pieces. It spans 20 categories. Um, including fine art, jewelry, fashion, photography, so much more. Um, but in addition to that, we have other unique features. We have a gourmet section where you can actually, um, you know, sample some of the foods from our from our artists. We have a fine art gallery within the space that's curated um, with fine art specifically from from our exhibiting artists. Um, and we've also f- um, partnered with a number of local organizations that kind of add to the to the enjoyment. Um, Marwin is a local nonprofit art, arts organization. They'll be providing hands-on art-making workshops, perfect for kids and adults, um, led by their teaching artists. You can relax in the patio stage, enjoy live music from our musicians from Old Town School folk, folk music. Um, we'll also have the Hatchery there. They're a local organization supporting new, new food businesses and the Get Growing Foundation, um, who will be uh, providing springtime potted plants and ask give you the opportunity to ask questions about your gardening needs. Now, it's returning to the Mart starting on Friday the 29th through Sunday, May 1st. And it's coming back from, unfortunately, having to, I guess, be postponed like so many things were because of the pandemic. Uh, For those who may have gone before, what's going to be unique and special and new, on top of everything else that's great, what's some of the new or interesting things or maybe what you've learned as a result of what happened during the hiatus that uh, makes this show even more one of a kind and better. I think one of the, the most interesting thing is to kind of talk to these artists who have survived um, a really tough time and, and it's an opportunity to support them. Um, they kind of, they're kind of the reason that we're here and they keep us going and they keep bringing new and fresh things, um, new offerings each year. So I think being able to, to support them and talk to them and, and hear about their journey 
is really a unique thing. Um, I think having uh, talking to some of these local partnerships will be um, really inspiring um, because they are also supporting our artists and our, our young organizations, um, our entrepreneurs that are going to keep keep events like this and um, and shows like this going and, and accessible to everybody. All right, Kathleen, I might get you in trouble here, uh, depending <laughs> on how you answer this question. But there's so many cool things at the One of a Kind oh. show. What's your favorite and why? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, um, I mean, you can name a couple if you want. Yeah, I think I love going to that gourmet section and sampling. Uh, there's always something new in the gourmet section. Um, I'm a big fashion person, so making sure to see some of the designers, both local and from all over, that come with their unique designs. Um, and then, of course, the fine art. Um, you know, walking through the gallery, seeing the fine artists and, and just their incredible work that um, really kind of is so accessible at the one of a kind show makes it really unique. Those, those would be my, my top three categories this season. All right, good. You had three. So that way you, you covered <laughs> your bases there a little bit. And just, and this might be a tough one too, uh, just off the top of your head, but I'll ask it anyway. And what you talk about uniqueness, that really is what makes this obviously the one of a kind show this year. What do you think is the most unique part of the show? Um, I think it's it's just the, the some of these artists create product and, and work just for the one-of-a-kind show. That Some of them, it's the only show that they do all season, all year. So um, I, I like to talk to each artist and say, you know, what are you bringing to the show? Um, you know, what's just this, this show's this one-of-a-kind piece? And it, it really ranges from everything. The, the jewelers bring, bring, you know, just one-of-a-kind pieces. Um, created just for the show. So I think that that's going to be kind of the, the most unique thing about this show. And, and they've worked through the COVID season um, on designs just for the show. That's Kathleen Hogan, the director of the mm-hmm. One of a Kind show that'll be hosted at the Mart from Friday the 29th of April through Sunday, May 1st. Still ahead, a new option in Chicago for children born with a problem affecting their tongues. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Jim Goodis in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Ukrainian officials say 900 bodies have been found in and around Kyiv since Russian troops withdrew. We'll get an update in a special report next from CBS News. Markets are closed for Good Friday, but we'll recap the week on Wall Street. AccuWeather says we'll have a mix of sunny clouds, a breeze, a passing shower as we head up to a high of 52. And then for tonight, skies will eventually clear, heading down to lows of 28 in the northwest suburbs, 37 by the lake. This portion of the Noon Business Hour is sponsored by Computing Technology Solutions. Report Kiev's regional police chief says the bodies of more than 900 civilians have been found since Russian troops left the capital. The regional governor says Russians have shelled a residential area in Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine. International Criminal Court Prosecutor Karim Khan says they're gathering evidence of war crimes. We go step by step, but we should do so with some urgency. We should do so with the realization that already, for whatever reason, by whatever means, people have died. 
buildings have been destroyed. This isn't fake. We have seen those people. We have seen those buildings. The U.N. reports more than 5 million refugees have left Ukraine since the invasion began. CBS's Vicki Barker. The record was set on March 6th when more than 142,000 people left Ukraine for one of its neighbors in a single day. Most have gone to Poland, but those numbers have fallen significantly in recent weeks, and the numbers going back into Ukraine have risen. CBS News Special Report. I'm Peter King. The best daily deal in Chicago. The WBBM Noon Business Hour. Markets are closed for the Good Friday holiday, but we still want to recap the past week on Wall Street. And to do that, we're joined by Jim Awad, the Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors, LLC, out of New York. So, Jim, what kind of week was it on Wall Street? Well, it was a week of continued high inflation numbers, both the CPI and the PPI. Some slight evidence that uh, both may be peaking, but still inflation remains strong. It was a week in which the Fed speakers were consistently uh, unanimous in saying that they're going to raise interest rates very steeply over the next several months uh, to get the interest rate level to what they call neutral, so it's no longer stimulative to the economy. And it's a week in which, uh, although there's some moderation in economic activity, it's continuing very strong. Uh, witnessed the imp- surprising improvement in consumer confidence. And just today, the um, uh, New York manufacturing survey was much stronger than expected. And as you listen to the uh, bank company executives, they're speaking to, to continued strong consumer demand. Uh, so interest rates continued rising. And although it was the beginning of earnings week uh, and, and they, were, they were mixed, there was clearly nothing in them supportive enough to override the negative influence of rising interest rates. Well, a lot of talk this week was on Elon Musk and his bid for Twitter, and now there's top of a poison pill adoption by the Twitter board. What's that all about? Well, I think the board had no choice. Uh, They need time to regroup and uh, consider their alternatives. Uh, They didn't want uh, Elon to be able to act unilaterally, so they put in line a, a defense mechanism and I think I just saw, as, as, just as you and I were coming on the air, that Twitter has been uh, uh, approached by a private equity firm in terms of uh, uh, either buying them out directly or working with them to find another buyer. So this is uh, a saga that uh, just began a week ago. Uh, uh, I guess it began April 4th with uh, Musk's announcement. And uh, over the next two months, we'll learn more. But there, there are three scenarios. One is that Twitter remains independent. Number two is that uh, it sells to a buyer other than Musk. And the third is that Musk uh, prevails. And it's too early to put probabilities on them now. What else have we not really been focusing on much with all of the headlines? I mean, from Elon Musk to the war in Ukraine to inflation, all of these things going on, rising fuel prices. And I've, I've asked this of a few people because I imagine there are some things that are not getting the attention they need to get or should get or would benefit us to pay attention to these things. What are some of those things that are getting overshadowed well, really, by all the other headlines? Yeah, it really comes down to earnings, which we're, which we started to get this week and are going to increase uh, uh, with a crescendo over coming weeks. And what those earnings reports are going to tell us is what corporate executives think about the outlook going forward 
as a, given all those headlines that we've been dealing with, inflation, interest rates, Ukraine, uh, how is the U.S. economy powering through? Is it going to be able to power through, or are we going to slow down? And that's what we will be focusing on over the next couple of weeks, in, ad- in addition to keeping an eye on all the things we have been watching. So let's just recap again, based on what we're seeing right now, the situation. What would be your advice for investors as we move forward, as we look forward to next week and and beyond in terms of how to approach all of this? Well, what I would say to investors, if you have a long-term view, we will get over all of these current problems. And a year or two from now, stock prices will be high, higher, uh, quality stock prices. And so to the extent that there's weakness, you can continue to accumulate and put, put money to work in the highest quality companies with enduring earnings and good balance sheets. But in the short term, it pays to have a little bit of caution and a little bit of cash because the markets are going to be volatile. Interest rates are going to be going up, which is going to hurt both stocks and bonds. So uh, uh, diversification, patience, liquidity, and flexibility. That's Jim Awad, the Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors, LLC, out of New York. Thanks, Jim, as always, for great information. Up next on Entrepreneur Friday, a serial entrepreneur who settled into a niche technology in children's health. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A new center is opened in Chicago that's dedicated to performing tongue-tie releases on babies and children. And here to talk about it is Dr. Justin Welke, the pediatric dentist and owner and founder of the Chicago Tongue Tie Center. So, Dr. Welke, thanks for joining us. I know you've started a lot of businesses in this sector, but what got you to say that this was a prime need and something that would really serve as a good business and also help a lot of people who need services like this? Sure. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me on. I grew up listening to WBBM, so it's a, it's an honor to be on here today. And and yes, yeah, so uh, myself and my group, we started this new uh, business called the Chicago Tongue Tie Center. And the focus of this business is on treating tongue ties, uh, lip ties, restricted oral tissues uh, in, in infants, children, and, and even adults as well. Anyone who has any sort of restriction going on in their mouth that uh, could use our help. So elaborate on that a bit. What exactly are we talking about here? What are some of the conditions that lead to these conditions? Sure. So a tongue tie or a lip tie is just an anatomical feature. You're born with it. And all it is is uh, some extra tissue, be it underneath your tongue or your lip, that causes the tongue not to be able to move as it normally would or the lip to not have the mobility that it it typically does or needs. And so what we're able to do is using a a brand new piece of technology that's a a laser surgical instrument, we're able to release that tissue from underneath the tongue or the lip so that the tongue and lip can have more mobility and be more flexible. Do a lot of people think this is just a part of life and there's nothing they can do about it or they don't realize that maybe they've had this issue and if they just got this procedure done, they could make their lives a lot better, especially if there's someone like me who talks for a living. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, we see a ton of this where um, someone's been living for a long time with this restriction and just hasn't known about it, hasn't known that there's something that could be done to help them to eat better, uh, sleep better, speak better. And, I mean, humans are incredible. We're able to really adapt. And so many people are able to adapt and overcome this, some better than others. 
but certainly in those who aren't able to adapt so well, uh, the treatment that we provide can really help them. So is this a case where the technology led you to the business or was it something that you've known was needed and it, the technology finally gave you the, ah, here's how we can now do this? Exactly. You know, it, it's something that I was trained a lot about in school and when I did my residency at, at UIC Hospital. Uh, we were doing many of these procedures, and I've done many since, but now the technology has come along. We're, we're able to use a CO2 laser called the light scalpel, and it's so quick, it's so efficient, it's so precise that the procedure is done so easily without bleeding, and the healing is just really incredible. So there is very little discomfort, and we see some really good outcomes due to this uh, newer technology. That's Dr. Justin Welke, a pediatric dentist and the owner and founder of the Chicago Tongue Tie Center. And it is his work that is our feature today on Entrepreneur Friday. Still to come, what to consider when you're looking at canceling a credit card. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. To keep or cancel a credit card, that is the question. One expert says there are several things to consider before you make that decision. And joining us is Matt Schultz, the chief credit analyst at Lending Tree in Austin, Texas. So, Matt, how do you answer that question? Do I keep it or do I cancel it? Well, it really depends on your individual situation. Uh, there is a lot to think about. One is, would you lose the rewards associated with that card? Is there an annual fee with that card? Can it hurt your credit score? It's really important to think through and know the answers to some of those things before you decide. So what are the important ways? What is How do you go through that process to find the right answers that are right for you? I mean, a little more on, uh, you know, for example, what is the best approach to all of that to make sure you are making the right decision? Yeah, really, really knowing about the annual fee is a big one because if you're not going to use a card and that card has an annual fee, you you just don't need to pay that annual fee for a card you're not going to use. So, But you also don't have to cancel that card. You can call your card issuer and ask them to downgrade you to a version of that card that doesn't have an annual fee. So that might be an option as well. So let's talk about why it's a good idea in some cases to cancel a credit card and why in some cases it you might want to hold off on it. You might want to be a little more judicious in terms of when you keep or cancel a card. Sure. Um, re well, rewards is one of the big factors. If you're using a card that's branded with a specific airline or a specific hotel chain, you don't really have to worry about losing those points if you cancel the card. But with some of the Capital One cards or the Chase Sapphire Preferred or some really popular rewards points cards, you may or you, you'll likely lose those points if you don't use them before you cancel the card. So that's another really important thing to consider. Matt, is there anything in particular that, from your experience, you've seen that are either mistakes that people make or some really smart things that people do in terms of handling their credit cards and which ones they keep in their wallet and which ones they cut up? Well, one thing that people can do if they want to cancel a card and minimize the damage to their credit score is to 
ask another one of their credit card issuers to increase their credit limit um, on on that other card. Because the biggest issue or one of the biggest issues when you cancel a card is that you lose that available that available credit and your overall credit limit falls. And if you can get another card issuer to increase that limit for you, um, that can that can really help smooth things as far as your credit score goes. That's Matt Schultz, the chief credit analyst at Lending Tree in Austin, Texas. Thanks, Matt. Always great advice from you. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at wbbmnewsradio.com and the Odyssey app. It's twelve fifty four.